0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. My husband and I's word, or, well, I shouldn't say our word. Our scripture that, because we're still trying to come upon the same word together, because he has a word and I have a word, and then our word together is this other thing, so I'm not going to talk about that, but the scripture that we landed on for the year is Ephesians 3.20, what I prayed and prophesied over everyone here tonight. And my millennial friends call it E3.20. So if you want to have those moments in your life where God does exceedingly abundantly, just go E3.20, E3.20. E320. And for those of you who don't know, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Amen. Amen. So E3.20, you guys can take that. If you don't have your scripture for the year, take that one. It's a good one. What a January we've had already, like, are we three weeks in or something to January, to 2020, and we've already shredded, you know, all of our old crap, and we've gotten rid of our friends that we don't like, which are demons, (sighs) and we've created this whole vision for our lives that some of us are excited about and some of us are intimidated by, but we've got a lot done in three weeks, like, probably more than most churches get done in, like, a year, I'd say. but we're here to make a difference, and we're here to awaken the lives of the people in this city. So we got to get to business. We got to make something happen, and we're making things happen. So um, Shredder Sunday, Vision Sunday, Freedom Sunday, and now it's Connect Sunday. Yes, which I love how Pastor Samuel has renamed our whole entire Sunday from Connect Sunday to Accelerate Sunday. but what we've discovered here at Awaken Church, and, and ever since I've been coming, we've had connect groups. So I've been here since the first week. And this has always been a core value and a principle here at C3 is connection and relationship. So whether or not you've heard about it, been a part of it, wherever you're at, we know that this is a foundational principle here at C3 that is important for every single person that attends our church. And so we've discovered that... Besides the connection with God, the second most important connection you can have is with other believers, and specifically with the people that are in our church. We've also realized that relationship is a currency in the kingdom. Relationships can get you things that money can't buy, and I would say that relationships are more important than money. Relationships will get you more than money will ever buy you. Amen? So we know that in order for every member of this church to be awakened to everything that God has for them, that we must become smaller and create healthy community within a bigger community. And how many of you know that this campus here is incredible? We have, you know, you you can see how many seats we have here. We're about to go into another campus, a second campus. This one's not going anywhere. It's going to say just as amazing, if not better. And we're going to go into another campus. It's like 12 times the size. Okay, so we're going to have a lot of connect groups in a big, huge, massive church, in a big, huge, massive community. And if you're one of those people and you're like, well, I like small churches. Um, well, this one's not going to stay small either, so you're probably not going to like heaven because heaven's pretty large from what I hear. Okay, so so our job, our job is to give the people in our church the tools to succeed. Now, whether or not you pick up those tools and use them is kind of of your own discretion. So I was thinking about, as I was preparing, why don't people go to connect? Wah, wah, wah. Okay, I've heard, I'm too busy. Um, Connect is something, and relationships in general is something you will have to intentionally prioritize. Relationships don't just happen automatically. They don't happen without intention right. and they don't happen without purpose. Right. And so if you're too busy, you're right, you're too busy. But you should change your language to I've chosen not to go to Connect Group because it's not a priority for me. Yeah. Oh. Relationships might take some sacrifice and usually will take rearranging your schedule. Right. Yeah. Coming out strong. Number two. I can't find one for me. Okay. First of all, you can start one. If you don't like ones we have, you can start one. You'll probably have to go through application process and everything. We we'll won't let everybody run a connect group. But I'm just saying, we have about 50 connect groups just in North Campus. So if you can't like one of those 50, then you might should just look in the mirror. I don't think it's any of those 50 people. <laughs> okay, we have like, prayer groups bible studies fun groups we have social groups we we have all it all everyone here can find a connect group for them we have family ones we have single ones we have married ones we have all of them we can find you one okay the third one i don't need it um listen i have like 1.5 million followers on instagram and like 743 friends on facebook and i don't need a connect group what I wanna to say to that is, don't let your social media relationships replace your relationships that need to happen in real life. This is real life. This right here is real life. When you face something, when you face tragedy, you're not gonna be calling your 743 Facebook friends or your 1.5 million followers on Instagram or going to TikTok to watch a video. I just got TikTok, you guys. All the young people over here. Yeah, I'm gonna do one. All right, the last, the last one is I'm nervous. I can totally speak into this because when I first got married, I married the guy who wants to go to Benihana's and sit at a table so he can meet all the strangers. (laughs) Pastor Dr. Matt and I sat there and I was so shy. I was like this little fly. I didn't, I didn't like to really, I didn't really like to talk. I was like, everything intimidated me, and especially walking into a room full of strangers or people I even knew really well was really scary to me. But I'm telling you, you have to do it afraid, and it's the best thing for you. If you feel that way, that means you actually need to do it. My life has seriously just been a testament of stepping out when I was afraid. Go do this. Make intentional decisions to make sure I'm doing everything I can out of my comfort zone to allow the growth that God wanted me to have in my life. Amen. So, hopefully you're convinced now, but if you're not, I'm going to really preach a message now. I was just going on a tangent for a minute. Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates, man or woman, who isolates themselves seeks their own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. And the reason I actually like that scripture is because it represents personal responsibility. It doesn't say the person who got isolated. It says the person who isolated themselves. So that's why we say get yourself connected because we're literally handing you the tools so that you can take it and make sure you're doing all the things that God's designed you to do as a human on this earth. Ecclesiastes 4:9. Pastor Samuel stole the scripture from me this morning, but it says two are better. Than one. How many of you agree? Two shoes are better than one. Two donuts are better than one. Pastor Samuel this morning told us two butt cheeks are better than one. Two are better than one. Two legs are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his com- companion but woe to one who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Sad, sad. Two are better than one. If you're not enjoying healthy friendships in church, you're putting a ceiling over what God wants to do in your life because God's calling and destiny can be unlocked by the people you're surrounded with. To sum all of that up, you ain't living hashtag your best life if you ain't got friends. Okay? Amen. So the, tonight, the title of my message is Relationship Truths. Relationship Truths. I want to see this. Oh, I see what I did there. I like that. Okay. All right. So we're going to dive into a story in the Bible, in the book of Ruth. And her name's on the screen. Um, <laughs> I want to show, show you how transformation happened in the Bible through a divine relationship. So instead of reading you, I'm still going to read you scripture. I'm still going to show the story through scripture, but I want to just kind of try to tell the story in between. And so we start with a woman named Naomi. Okay. Hold on. Let me find her. Who do I want? Yes. You. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I have a seven-year-old daughter. Uh, We start with a, a woman named Naomi in the Bible. And then what happens is, Naomi and her husband, they have two sons, and they move to a land. They move away from Israel to a land called Moab. And what happens in Moab is horrible. It's terrible. Naomi loses her husband. He dies. They're there for 10 years. Her husband dies, and her two sons die. But her two sons, in the meanwhile, had gotten married. Her two sons got married to Ruth and Orpah. Oprah. Wait, I wanted this to be Naomi, sorry. Oh, th- this to be Ruth. This is Ruth. This is Orpah. 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 So after the two sons die, Naomi says, hey girls, I'm going to move back. I'm going home to my hometown. I'm going back to Israel. And the two girls are like, okay, we're coming with you. So they, they start to go from Moab Back to Israel. And Naomi's like, actually, halfway there, probably. I don't know if the Bible says that, but probably halfway there. Naomi turns and says, Girls, you probably should go back home because you shouldn't come with me and um, I'm not going to give you more sons, so you probably should just go back home. And the girls are like, No, 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 no. We're coming with you. We're coming with you. We really want to be with you. And we're coming with you. And Naomi's like, You're not coming with me. My life stinks. I lost everything that was important to me. You're not coming with me. Go home. And so Orpah decides she will go home. <laughs> and Ruth, Ruth says, heck no, mama, I'm going with you. Yes. And they go along back to Israel. Okay, I'm going to back this up scripturally real quick so that everyone just doesn't think I'm some loony person up here. We'll pick up in Ruth 111, through 14. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? (laughs) (laughs) You. Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more be- bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept out loud. Then Orpah kissed her mother in law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Ruth clung to her. My first point tonight is walk with the wise. Walk with the wise. What we see here is that Ruth makes a decision despite what just happened to her. Ruth lost her husband, she is living in her hometown. She has a decision to make in that moment, and she makes a decision that is hard for her despite her circumstance. She decides to cling to what she knows that God has for her, and in the Bible, it says this. Sorry, I've lost my, my spot. Forget that. Forget what I just said. <laughs> the whole point is she, she's, she's in the middle of her suffering. She's in the middle of her suffering, and she makes a decision to do what was right. She clung to her. She chose to walk with the wise. Despite what life brings you, will you cling to what you know is right? See, I've been given multiple opportunities along my life. I was reflecting ever since I was a little girl. I was thinking about it, actually, just for this message, which I haven't necessarily done before. But I thought it applied so well, because as I reflected, I saw people like Naomi, come into my life multiple times, I still can remember these people by name, that offered me an invitation to church, offered me prayer, tried to lead me to Christ, and I constantly was in my own little selfish bubble of wanting to make my life happen for me, the best way I knew how, and I never took the moment to cling to what was right. And I wanna tell you a little bit about that. So I grew up in Texas, I love Texas, um, and I lived in a pretty big city uh, until middle school, and has every, anyone here ever had to move as a child? Yes. Oh my gosh, uh, like I need, my husband and I need to make a pact, like never move, make your kids move as a child, if you don't have to, if you don't have to, if you have to, you have to, but as I was looking back, I saw what it, now looking back, I can see what it did to me as a middle schooler, high schooler, and as a college student. And um, I had a best friend before we moved. Her name was Jessica that lived across the street from me. And we were best friends, living life, having fun, having summer parties every other day. And then in middle school, my parents said we have to move. And we moved to this little town called Joshua. It had 7,000 people. Like, I don't even know if you could see it on the map. I don't even know if they have a spot for it on the map. Um, But here's the thing. I was moving from this you know, suburb area out to this country town where I had no idea like how to even be a country girl. My parents wanted to have horses, they wanted to have a farm, all this stuff. And it was a complete culture shock. And I think I just got completely lost. And I was a little bit of a dork. Like, maybe kind of a lot of dork. I had hair that was like this short and it was really poofy. Like, thank God for flat irons now. There weren't flat irons back then. And I wore my hair, I thought maybe like one of these dolls. But I wore it in two little, like, things and two little pigtails right here. And I left half of it down. And it just, like, looking at pictures now is super embarrassing. But, you know, I, I was just kind of a dork. I got made fun of because I couldn't whistle. I still can't whistle. <laughs> Go ahead, make fun of me. Just kidding. I, I still can't whistle. But I remember... When I first moved, there was this girl named Sarepta, and (laughs) and Sarepta invited me to church, and I went. I didn't have anything to lose. I'm like, I don't even got any friends, anyways. I might as well go with Sarepta to church. So I go to with Sarepta to church, and um, I actually gave my life to Christ. And this was in middle school. So then, you know, everything's good. But then I quickly realized I wasn't really making that many friends, and I was like, okay, what's the best way to make friends? I need to become popular. How do I become popular? Oh, become a cheerleader. Oh, I can do flips. I can be a cheerleader. Oh my gosh, let's do this. So I become a cheerleader. But I totally got wrapped up in all the wrong things, eventually leading to me losing my virginity. And by this time, I'm in high school, but I, I literally let go of what God was trying to do in my life, and it led to all the wrong things and being around all the wrong people. So then fast forward a little bit, middle of high school, I'm in 10th grade. We move to Temecula. And I'm like, okay, um, let's, let's start over. Why, why don't I try to get things right? Well, then I quickly realized I, w- I needed a faster way to make friends, so I became a cheerleader again. And then I got around all the wrong people again and got around all the wrong things again and started doing all the things I shouldn't be doing when I was in high school again. All the meanwhile, I'm on the cheerleading team with this girl named Lacey who's a beautiful Christian girl, full of life, full of joy, but for whatever reason, when she invited me to church, I said no. And to this day, she's she's actually a pastor's wife here in San Diego. I follow her on Facebook. But all that to say is I chose, again, not to cling to the right things. And then fast forward to to my life as a college girl at San Diego State. So I go to San Diego State, and I'm like, what's the best way to make friends? How can I become popular? Become a cheerleader. (laughs) You know, I'm a quick learner, but sometimes in the wrong way. <laughs> so I become a cheerleader, stand San a state. I get a boyfriend within like the first three weeks of college. And all the meanwhile, the girl that's in the dorm room across from me is a Christian, solid Christian, goes to the rock, invites me to the rock. I go to the rock, I get saved again. And then I literally do the same thing, mess it all up and cling to the wrong things. So by this time, I think God's like, what do I have to do? Bring you a Christian man to marry, or what? So he did, so he did. So he brought me Pastor Dr. Matt Hubbard, and it was so funny because at first, I didn't like him. (laughs) Like, all of my patterns, it didn't line up with. I'm like, wait a minute, he's inviting me to church. Wait a minute. Like, he's cool, he has friends, and I was, like, so confused. <laughs> but, but there came a point, because in college I had become, with, become best friends with these four girls, we called ourselves the Fab Four, and there came a point where it literally was like, you are going to have to choose which way to go. God was, I, I can see it now, but honestly, when you're in the middle of it, you it's like you're blind to everything. I can see it now. God was literally saying, you need to choose now. I am trying to get into your life. You need to choose now. And I had to choose what was right. I had to choose what to cling to. And it wasn't just because I I actually I can't say it's because I liked a guy, because I actually really didn't like him that much. But thankfully, he brought me to church. Thankfully, he brought me to church. I got saved again. For real this time, I got saved. But not only saved, I I started making decisions to cling to the right things. And then I started really liking him. I started really liking him. And then I fell in love with him. And then we got married. And now it's amazing. And this is my life. I'm like, oh, my goodness. All these times along the way where I could have chosen what to cling to and chosen what was right. But I didn't. And God's blessing was taken from me. But I will say... One of my favorite scriptures is Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. And so for any of you here that, that that's your experience and you need to just choose what is right, I'm telling you, God will make all things work together for good to the point where all those old friends now want to be Christians because they see how epic my life is. And that's the stand that we should take as Christians. People should look at your life and go, I want what they have. Yeah. Amen. The other note to make here in this uh, point one scripture is Naomi actually was having a moment. She says, it is more bitter for me than you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. And she also tries to rename herself Mara, which means bitter. So this woman was who she was, and she was having a moment, which tells me that we can all walk with God, we can all know the Lord, and we're allowed to have a moment. Because Ruth made a decision to follow Naomi despite the circumstance that she was in. She knew who she was. She made the decision to follow her based on who she was, not what she was going through. And so you might go to a connect group and be like, oh my gosh, I saw so-and-so like in their humanity for like five seconds, and now what the heck, they're not perfect? Well, yeah, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're perfect. We're allowed to have a moment or two. At least Samuel wants a moment or 10. <laughs> Pastor Samuel. Yeah. Ruth follows based on not, what, not who Naomi was in the moment, but what she carried. Yeah, awesome. And then her next statement to wrap up this point is Ruth one sixteen. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. She makes her final stand, that she is going with Naomi, and she makes a stand to walk with the wise. Yeah. Amen. Amen? All right. We're going to move on to point two. I'm not going to give it to you yet, because we've got to move on with the story. So what happens next? And get Ruth and Naomi. Ruth and Naomi arrive in Bethlehem. In Ruth 1.22 it says, so Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by Ruth the Moabite. This is the important part, Ruth the Moabite. Her daughter-in-law arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. This is a huge deal because back then, these two countries were at complete disarray. The Moabites and the Israelites hated each other. The Moabites were pagans, the Israelites were God followers. And so imagine, here we are, back in the day before grace was really a thing. (laughs) Uh, Ruth comes, or sorry, Naomi comes back to her hometown with Ruth, the Moabite. Every single part of the Bible is in the Bible for a reason, because you didn't do that. You didn't bring someone from another country that that everyone in your country hates and bring them back to be with you. And so, no one says anything. Arms wide open, welcome. Welcome Naomi, welcome Ruth, come in. She found favor where she potentially could have, been, uh, could have received hostility since the Israelites and Moabites hated each other. She was going to a land where she wasn't supposed to be because she was Moabite, but because she was with Naomi, she was blessed to come into Bethlehem. Number two, relationships bring favor by association or the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Relationships bring favor by association, or they can do the opposite. There will be times in our lives where we experience extreme favors simply because of the people that we're surrounded with. You know that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know? Yeah, that's from the Bible. <laughs> we, must ask the, we must seriously ask the question to ourselves, who are we spending our time with? Who are we associating ourselves with? I think about some of the biggest miracles in my husband and I's life. Can most of them, including babies, the big ones, babies, miraculous home, can be boiled down to favor in a relationship. And I can't get into all the details right now, but even at women's prayer, the God stories that I hear is like, this person connected me to this person and I got this happen. This opportunity happened because I met this person. And that's what happens when you have the right relationships around you, favor by association. (laughs) so moving on with the story Ruth decides to get to work she's like I'm here they like me, I'm staying, I'm going to get to work she's told Naomi I'm not going anywhere so she's like I'm going to get to work so she gets to work and she starts to tend some fields enters the scene Boaz (laughs) (laughs) Boaz Superman I also have a five year old boy making this real life here. Enter the scene, Boaz. So she goes to tend the field and finds out that she's actually tending the fields of Boaz, which she didn't know when she first started, tending the fields of a man who is one of the wealthiest mans in that land. And also comes to find out that he's a close relative to Naomi. Perfect. So Ruth 2, 8 to 12, just to give you some scripture here. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you're thirsty, go get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Another important part, a foreigner. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. How am I almost out of time? Oh my gosh moving on okay so ruth not only finds favor among the israelites she finds unmerited favor with one of the wealthiest men in the land because of her faithfulness and her relationship to naomi be aware of who you associate with it can bring you favor or disfavor and just wrapping up this point i really felt to prophetically speak tonight into thinking you thinking about who you are in association with and maybe for some of you people's faces have popped into your mind and not to just instantly discard that, but to just really pray about it and give it some thought. Um, And it doesn't mean just like all of a sudden you throw people out like trash. You actually can evaluate and have healthy relationships and have healthy conversations and let those people know this reason or that reason why you can't be friends anymore or you have to distance yourself from that person. Um, And there's a right way to do all of that and there's a healthy way to do all of that. Ask yourself, who am I associating with? And is each relationship helping me or hindering me from God's best? Right. Wow. Really good. Then the story goes on, moving into point three. Then Naomi gives some interesting extra instruction to Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> <Very interesting. laughs> Ruth three. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you'll be well provided for Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor, wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best, best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there till he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. (laughs) Ruth answered I will do whatever you say (laughs) Ruth is amazing I will do whatever you say listen if more people said that they probably get a lot farther in life (laughs) number three relationships bring guidance so Ruth hears and takes counsel from Naomi And not only does she do that, she actually does what Naomi recommends that she does. I wanna give you a new term to use. Someone who asks for advice and doesn't take it is a A A-S-K-H-O-L-E, ask hole. Ask a hole, okay? Don't be that, don't be that. Don't be that person. They ask for advice because you see fruit in someone's life, and they're like, I just stole all that person's time asking for advice, and they give me great advice, and I'm just gonna go do whatever I want. There is no fruit in that. I'm telling you, if the person you asked in the first place, why'd you ask them? You obviously saw something, then just do it. Be like Ruth and just do what the advice says, even if it sounds weird. Oh, that is so weird. Go lay at this man's feet and wait for him to tell you what to do. He could have told her to do anything weird. And she still did it. Sometimes in life we'll receive advice or wisdom from people around us, and it is important that if there's fruit, we listen and follow. Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Thank God that I've had iron sharpening moments in my own life, where my husband and I have gone to ask for advice in certain areas. We're not just out here floating around thinking we know everything. Right. Like, thank God we don't know everything. Thank God we have people, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, and others that we're surrounded with that we can go to for advice. Nobody is too good for advice. Right. Nobody is too good for advice. Right. And you can judge a tree by its fruit. How do you know who to ask? Look for fruit it's in the bible. All right, moving into number 4. Ruth 4:13 4, to 15 says, so um, actually, sorry, the story goes on and Boaz ends up buying Naomi's land and inherits Ruth to Mary. And everything comes full circle. So let's read Ruth 4:13. So Boaz took Ruth. Yay! Amazing Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. (laughs) The women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. Maybe he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For you, daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given birth. Powerful story, number four. God's redemption happens through relationship. You will see in relationships around you where things come full circle. Things happen that you never thought in a million years would happen for you and for the people around you. Not only is Ruth blessed with a son-in-law, a new son, a better son, a daughter who is better than seven sons. Ruth is blessed and opened doors to her destiny. Naomi gains a son-in-law, Boaz, a grandson, Obed, that's who this is, who is now the heir to the land. She is an heir to the land. Everyone's happy. Everything's been redeemed. Everything's been redeemed and even better, which is the way that God's plan works. Everything that you feel like has been lost in in your old ways of life or old relationships can be made new and come full circle again. And it's all because of one divine relationship that Ruth chose to press into. And you can study this this lineage even farther because it's super powerful. Because Obed, here, is the father of Jesse is the father of King David, which is direct lineage to Jesus. So there's a relationship and a connection that changed Ruth's life. It opened a door that she could not open herself and not only changed her life, but was a huge part of history in the birth of our Savior. What an incredible story. I really believe that we're, if we're intentional and follow these four relationship truths that you can see God do incredible things this year by stepping out into relationships. And for a lot of us, it will take steps of faith, steps of faith to let go of some comfortable relationships, steps of faith to step into new relationships. But I know that by stepping out, that God can do incredible things. I'm telling you, I'm a completely different person than, than the first time I stepped into this church. I was shy and didn't know what the heck I was doing with my life. And God quickly dealt with that. But I am i i know it's because of the people that I've been surrounded with. I know it's because I made a choice to th- cling to the right things, to show up in my relationships with boldness and to be the most loving person that I know how to be in those relationships. Amen. Amen. So as we come to a close, I just want to read this quick uh, little thing here. And then I'm just going to pray over us tonight. These are the last words of Steve Jobs. The last words of Steve Jobs, who, by the way, was a Buddhist. He wasn't even a Christian. I have come to the pinnacle of success in business. In the eyes of others, my life has been the symbol of success. However, apart from work, I have little joy. Finally, my wealth is simply a fact to which I am accustomed. At this time, lying on the hospital bed and remembering all of my life, I realized that all the accolades and riches of which I once was so proud have become insignificant with my imminent death. In the dark, when I look at green lights of the equipment for artificial respiration and feel the buzz of their mechanical sounds, I can feel the breath of my approaching death looming over me. Only now do I understand that once you accumulate enough money for the rest of your life, You have to pursue objectives that are not related to wealth. It should be something more important. For example, stories of love, art, dreams of my childhood. No, stop pursuing wealth. It can only make a person into a twisted being, just like me. God has made us one way. We can feel the love in the heart of each of us and not illusions built by fame or money, like I made in my life. I cannot take them with me. I can only take with me the memories that were strengthened by love. This is the true wealth that will follow you You will, will and will accompany you. He will give you strength and light to go ahead. Love can travel thousands of miles and, and so life has no limits. Move to where you want to go and strive to reach the goals you want to achieve. Everything in your heart is in your heart and in your hands. What is the world's, world's mo, most expensive bed? The hospital bed. You, if you have money, can hire someone to drive your car, but you cannot hire someone to take your illness that is killing you. Material things can be lost. Material things lost can be found, but one thing you can never find when you lose life. Whatever stage of life we're at right now, at the end, we will have to face the day when the curtain falls. Please treasure your family, family love, love for your spouse, love for your friends. Treat everyone well and stay friendly with your neighbors so beautiful from a man who doesn't even know God or have Christ like we have has this type of revelation on his deathbed that there's nothing more important than the people around you there's no money in the in the world that can buy relationship and friendships and honestly what we have and what we are want this church to thrive in is healthy relationship and connect group is just the, fi- the name that we put on it connect group is just the name that we put on everything I talked about tonight it's so much more than just signing up for a connect group it's so much more than just writing your name down what we we want thriving healthy friendships marriages uh, parents and and children healthy relationship, relationships in and throughout this church and so while all that's being said the most single most important relationship you can have is a relationship with Jesus And I'm going to pray for those people here tonight who haven't given their life to Jesus just to give an opportunity as we come to a close. So if everyone can just bow their heads and close their eyes as as I pray for those people. If that's you tonight, and you want to let go of what's happened in your past and say, God, I want to live for you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church go to awakenchurch.com.